sir. Do you want me to clean your windscreen for you? Come on, sir, it's filthy. Let me just get... get your hands off my glasses. Girls who like boys, who like boys, to be girls, who like girls, like their boys, who like girls, to be boys, without them, what were little boys do? Welcome to my world. Talk live. And this week, we come to you live from Leicester. really, of course. <laughs> now we're stuck back here in dreary old Barbados. Hey, Mr. Tallyman, follow that Granada. <laughs> but wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice to be in lovely Leicester with all the lovely cheeses, eh? Lovely cheeses, cheddar, brie, yum yum, mozzarella, yum 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 yum, edam, primula, yum yum, all the lovely, <laughs> all the lovely cheese all cooked up in a lovely pot, and yum yum yum. Now the sound of Engelbert Humperdinck, bungee jumping. Please. Redox bubble bath. The Redox bubble bath slightly more expensive, isn't it, than the regular Sainsbury's brand? And I find if I buy that Redox bubble bath, right, I'm lying back in that bath. I'm thinking about that extra money, <laughs> and I find I can't relax. <laughs> well, this week I was reminded of the time my little tiny sister Chili Taffer was about five years old. <laughs> She was playing in the garden, she was only fine. My mum noticed she had a bean up her right nostril. Right? Yeah, bean up the right nostril. She says, right, better take it to the doctor. The doctor takes the bean out of the right nostril, right? The day after that, she's running around, she's got a bean up the left nostril again. Right? Takes to the doctor, the doctor takes the bean out of the left nostril. The day after that, she's running around, she's got a bean up the right nostril again, right? Takes to the doctor, the doctor takes it out. So it goes on, one day left nostril, one day right nostril. Left, right, left, right. She's got a bean up the left nostril, right? My mum takes the doctor. The doctor, you're watching him this time. The doctor takes the bean out of the left nostril and sticks it out the right nostril. <laughs> Pats her on the head to see you tomorrow. <laughs> what are the chances of that happening, eh? <laughs> well, that's two pages of script gone. Yes, it's another hollowed out cheese ball of fun with me nana, me dad, me brother, me sister, keep moving. Me mum, me dad, me brother, me sister, keep moving, of course. My little half-assed son, my little half, half Robin, half boy, little tiny Robin's son, if you like. There he is, ah, little Robin's son. Jesus loves you more than you would know. <laughs> Forced to tap his way through life. Now, due to a stitch being too tight after his little hernia operation, he's only able to communicate by tapping. That's one tap for yes. Two taps for no. And the end of the professional's theme tune to indicate a failed marriage proposal.
And legend has it that he was brought up by bees. But really, that's just something that I've made up. Alan. Well, there's only one way to try out and find out his back makeup, Harry. Not more chess, Alan. No, no, Harry. Hypnotise him and see if we can get him to remember back. We might find all kinds of things in his past. What, like jewels and riches? Jewels and riches. Socks. Mm. There's always a sock missing when you come back from the laundrette, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. Did someone say hypnotise? Aha, uh -huh. Finsbury Park! I do a bit of hypnotising. Listen. Watch de watch. Watch de watch. Sounds like you're the man for the job, FP. Yeah, if that don't work, hit him over the head with a spanner. The boy's yours. I'll need some extra chops for this one, Harry, because hypnotising drains the body of gristle. Pork or lamb? <laughs> well, uh, whichever's easiest, Harry, as long as it's lamb. Lamb, lamb it is. Here, here, Azza. Did you know there's enough poison in a crab to kill a koi I do now. Cheerio. <laughs> well, I bought a lovely record this week. Jimmy Savile... Sings the cranberries. <laughs> With your guns and your bombs, you say your guns and your bombs. Now then, in your head, in your head, in your head, you say you are. Nice work. Nice work, Jimmy. Here, Alan. What's your favourite TV programme of all time? My all-time favourite? Yeah. Oh, well, that, that would have to be Film 92. It was really good. Oh, yeah, it was. Mm. It was really good Film 92, wasn't it? Eh? It's a shame they took it off. I mean, it used to be on all the time, Film 92. It's not on at all now, is it? No, it's not on at all now. Yeah. Bring back Film 92, I say. Absolutely. Bring back Film 92. I wonder if we were to get everyone in the audience to chant, bring back Film 92. <laughs> I wonder if we, whether we could bring back Film 92. It's worth a try. After three, then, one, two, three. Bring back film 92! Bring back film 92! Bring back film 92! <laughs> Bit of a long shot still, you've got to try these things, haven't you? <laughs> But, Harry, have you seen the new newsreader on BBC One? What new newsreader on BBC One? The new super newsreader. <laughs> 30 years ago, on the news desk itself, was born into the world a new child with a future in journalism. The unholy fruit of Paxman and Lawley, breastfed by Ripon, hand-reared by John Humphreys, tutored by Sissons, loved by Leeming, trained by Trevor MacDonald, blessed by Bozen Kay, mentored by Maura Stewart herself. The BBC welcomed their all-new newscaster, Jan Lee Pax Ripo Sisate. <laughs> That's an interesting one. <laughs> she got so tough with Ken Clark last night on the news at nine through to midnight that she exterminated him. Well, Alan, there's only one person who can possibly stand up to such a force. You mean? Yes. Good evening, I'm Zainab Adawi, and here... Pint-sized popster Prince was ejected from top night spot for top string fellows last night for being too small. A spokesman for the potty stars said he'd been running around under the tables licking the bottoms of ladies' legs. 
He then fell into a monkey nutshell and couldn't get out. <laughs> and finally, red faces at the Crime Watch studio when Potty presenter Nick Ross finished the recording. Instead of saying his usual, don't have nightmares, he let slip, have dreams of me in my pants. <laughs> That's all from me, Zainab Adawi. Good night. Oh no, Harry has had one of his Badawi attacks. I really don't know what to do. Should I tell him or...? You're doing it again, aren't you? What? All that... Oh dear, he's having one of his Badawi attacks. <laughs> Sorry, Harry. It won't happen again. With your gums and your bones, you see your gums and your bones. Now then, in your head, in your head... You see, you are still fighting, you see, you see. So if you get two mice, right, you paint one blue, one red, you give them a cotton bud each, you've got mouse gladiators, haven't you? You'll be buying a cage for those meeses, Harry. James Horn, my accountant. What's the matter, Horn? It's a mountain in Switzerland, isn't it? Very good, that. Thank you. You've been waiting to do that gag for weeks, haven't you? Yes, Harry, I have. Yeah. Now, look, Harry, the mice gladiators, I assume you'll be buying a cage for them. Yes. Well, buy a cage by all means, Harry, but for pity's sake, claim for a kennel. Do you follow? Do you understand? Come with you, mon petit ami. Now, uh, <laughs> well, as part of our Give a Tramp a Chance week, <laughs> hmm, we thought we'd let a tramp read one of the items. Take it away, Jackie the Tramp. Ladies and gentlemen. He's fallen over, Harry. Oh, well, I suppose I'll have to do it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, there's something about that item that makes you fall over. <laughs> Not really, of course. Well, when an historic speech is being made, it doesn't always go well first time. Oh, no. After all, Edward VIII was only human. But you must believe me. When I tell you that I have found it impossible to carry the heavy burden of responsibility and to discharge my duties as king, as I would wish to do, without the help and support of the woman I... the woman I... Uh, you know, um... Say it, you wine. The woman I love. Louder, Eddie. The woman I love. Can I go now? Now, you know when you're watching the telly and you spot someone on that telly and you're trying to think, who's that? What have I seen him before him? Hmm? Well, little system that I've worked out, just remember them as a car name, right? Associate their name with a car name. So we've got... Rolls-Royce, Max Boyce, <laughs> Renault Espace, Alfie Bess. <laughs> I'd recognize that sound anywhere. It's Nana Hill. I am the hot stepper. Heel girl, heel. I am the lyrical gangster. Don't you relax. Don't do it if you want to suck and chew it. Come to let me know. She certainly does have a ferocious kiss, Alan. Yes, Harry. This week, Nana is using an old stirrup pump she got off a skip. Attached, attached to an ARP helmet to form a suction cup. With this specialised kissing configuration, she's able to kiss the pants off children's TV presenter Pat Sharp. <laughs> is that 
possible, Alan? Yes, Harry, it is. And... <laughs> what are you, you test-driving this week, Nan? The Ford Open Prison. Jolly good. <laughs> Jolly good. How does she handle? The handling is great fun, Harry. Fast round the corners, hugs the road. The problem is, Harry, it's almost too much fun. It's almost like a holiday camp. What's <laughs> the problem with some of those open-top cars? Points out of 20 with the Ford Open Butlins, Nano, uh, 14, 14... 25 14. commuted down to just one for good behaviour. <laughs> now, I've just noticed, Nana, um, you've had your back carpeted, haven't you? <laughs> yes, Harry, I've been a bit full of myself recently, and I thought that a spell as a doormat might teach me a bit of humility. But what's the message woven into that, Matt, Nan? It says, keep off, you losers. <laughs> yes, Harry, I'm a bad-assed Matt that takes no wiping from no-one. <laughs> Nana Hill, 82 years behind schedule. <laughs> what have been your magic moments? I've shone life's torch in the darkness I've carried its lantern far But I'll never forget And I shall regret Kickboxing with Eric Cantona <laughs> We arrived at the kickboxing arena Says I, I kick like a goat Then I called his mother a pranny And he ran me teeth down me throat <laughs> He's very sensitive about his mum, Harry Nana Hill there, back in the deep freeze, Nan Off <laughs> Vauxhall Pinter, Mike and Bernie Winters. <laughs> I'm not very much mistaken. If I'm not very much mistaken, that's the distinctive cry of Ted, the whistling beetle. Ted, welcome. <laughs> of course, it's the, it's the Beatles limericks that made them so good, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> what's that one I like? Uh, picture yourself on a boat in a river with tangerine trees and marmalade skies. Somebody calls you, ask what's you go with kaleidoscopies. <laughs> But you don't do the limericks, do you, Ted? <laughs> what are you going to whistle for us today? <laughs> so, whistling a hard day's night. <laughs> Ted, the whistling beetle. about that man but boy can he whistle <laughs> well a new item now yes our new chamber of horrors section chamber of horrors section we look at a possible worst nightmare and this week it's avocado nightmare Avocado nightmare. You are a busy executive. You've got your boss coming round for dinner, and you're planning a lovely avocado starter. Hmm? 
Avocado cut in two, chopped and stuffed with delicious prawns and a cocktail sauce. Mmm, yum yum. You open the first of the three avocados. And it's lovely and soft and ripe. You open the second avocado. And it's lovely and soft and ripe. But then you open the third and... It's all hard and unripe in the middle. A nightmare! Yes, a nice little Chamber of Horror section there for the... We reconstruct your worst nightmares. But remember, don't have nightmares or dreams about Nick Ross and his pants. You know, my dad, he grew a beard, right? He missed the sensation of shaving. So what he used to do, he used to shave a patch the size and shape of a beard off the dog. You know when you takes me outside to go to the jones? Yeah. Why'd you do that? It's embarrassing, man. It's embarrassing. There ain't never no paper, man. Do you like cats? Well, if you like cats, you'll love new instant cats. Most pet shops have a cat. Just pop in and buy it, and you are now instantly a cat owner. Congratulations on your new cat. I've been asked to point out, that, of course, that a cat is not just for Christmas. No, it makes a lovely birthday present as well. <laughs> I'm talking of cats, and you know, a chicken is not dissimilar to a cat, is it? Not dissimilar in many ways. Who's our resident chicken textbook expert joking smoker? But Bert Kwok. Welcome him now, Bert Kwok! Any sign of that chicken yet, Bert? Uh, no, Harry. The chicken ain't shown up yet. Uh, but I'm really, I'm really pulling out all the stops this week. What are you going to do to try and attract your chicken? Uh, a couple of things, Harry. Mm. Firstly, you see this loose skin around my neck? Mm, yes, Bert. <laughs> well, I've inserted this foot pump here. Mm. And by pumping so... Uh-huh. Yes. I'm able to inflate it. Yes. Now, on top of that... I've shaved my head and painted it brown with one or two spots on it. I now, see. This, combined with the inflated neck, gives the impression, when viewed from above, of a giant chicken's egg. <laughs> yes, I can, I can see that. <laughs> Any chicken flying overhead will see this Kong-size egg and will swoop down to investigate. All I've got to do then is grab its legs and it's mine. You hear me? All mine! <laughs> Little hen, when, when, when will you lay me an egg for my tea? Hey, little hen, when, when, when will you try to supply one for me? Um, hmm. oh, just, just one thing, Bert. Um, they don't fly chickens, do they? <laughs> Your aerial egg runway is fatally flawed. What? <laughs> there he is, Bert Quark. Time to welcome the Ventriloquist Society of Great Britain with their production of Oliver. Good. 
thing. Okay. Get them off, Alan, would you? Get them off. Come on, move along, move along. Shoo, shoo. Get off, will you? Gyrio Gutgi Gagoon? Where did you get them from, Alan? Gus Gengilligists on Gigol Gon's Goad. Jolly good, jolly good. <laughs> there are all these, you know, these massage cards, all these massage cards in the telephone boxes. Caribbean Barbara, new in town. I tell you, there's never been a better time to have a bad back. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's the two Simon and Garfunkel. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Come on, you two, pull your trousers up, move along. Boxall Corsa, Ian Forster. Time for a sometimes occasional spot. This week he's explaining how a simple electric bell works. That's right, it's Chris Eubank. I am a boxer, I am a fighter, I am a electrician. There are seven switches on a simple buzzer. That's what it is, you see, the seven switches there on the buzzer. That's what they are, and so they are where they are, as they are. That is what I am saying, that is the truth as I say it. The seven buzzers that there is on the thing, and that is the... Chris, paraphrase you back there. Well, it was... <laughs> hundred years ago on the tiny British island of Scotland that the, <laughs> the young scientists working with only rudimentary Scottish equipment first ever broadcast the first ever episode of Dad's Army and I think I think we've got a tape of that now. Success, but unfortunately, it's your neck that gives you true age away. Why do you say that? You've got 82 today tattooed on it, you fool. <laughs> How's your week been? Well, all the other beans have managed to rally round and help that one weak bean. That's the sound that tells me it's time for our special celebrity guest, Bert. Please be upstanding for Mr. Stephen Lewis! Stephen, welcome. 
It's a pleasure to be here. Um, Just read from the cards, Stephen. Uh, 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 oh, Harry, you look like a million dollars tonight, you really do. <laughs> you make someone a wonderful husband. Oh, thank you, Stephen. <laughs> now then, you're probably best remembered for your work on the blood supply to the brain. <laughs> Harry, yes. You see, the vena terminalis, or the thalamostriate vein, <laughs> begins in the region of the amygdaloid nucleus in the temporal lobe and follows the curve of the chain of the chordate nucleus on its medial side, as you well know. <laughs> the vena terminalis receives tributaries from the corpus stratium internal. The capsus lelumus fornix and septum pilicillidum, while the corridial vein, which rather tortuous, runs along the corodial plexus of the lateral vertical. In addition to draining the plexus of the corodial vein, it receives tributaries from the hippocampus, the fornix, and corpus callosum, the vernal terminalis, and the corodial vein unite immediately behind the intervent reticular forum to form a great cerebral vein of a galen which receives the basal veins and tributaries from the cerebellum. Uh huh. But, um, you also did Blakey on the buses, didn't you? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, so I suppose I did, Harry. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, find yeah. it. I don't know about you, but I find that if I do a bit of a Blakey impression, that's a guaranteed way of getting a laugh, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course, it may look easy, but it's fat, very complex, isn't it? Oh, huh? oh, Harry, yeah, it is a complex, yeah. It's a series of sounds and gestures I evolved over the years. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering whether you'd be prepared to teach us in the fruit corner and the audience here tonight, nay, the entire British Isles, how to do the Blakey. Oh, I'll give it a go, Harry, if you like. Right, yeah. For the first time ever, take it away, Stephen Lewis and the Mass Blakey Masterclass. Right, now, first of all, you apply your moustache, right? Apply your moustache now! Right. Now, you, you form your hand into a fist, right? Right, 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 right. And bend your arm at the elbow to raise the fist level with your chest, like that. Form your hand into a fist! Bend your arm level with your chest! Now! Right, like, now then you open your mouth like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, got it? Yeah, I think I got it, yeah. <laughs> And you utter the words, <laughs> I hate you, butler! I hate you, butler! I'll get you! <laughs> I'll go down. <laughs> Just time, I think, to find out how my chief scientist, Finsbury Park, has been getting on hypnotising the wretched imp boy, Alan Hill. Come in, Finsbury. <laughs> How's it been going? I oh, know, Harry, there shouldn't be a lump on the end of it like that, should there? Eh? Hey? Hey? <laughs> Sorry? What did you say? Have you hypnotised that boy yet? Oh, sorry, Harry. I, I thought you were... <clears throat> I, uh, I managed to hypnotise the boy. And what did you find? <laughs> well, Harry, you know when a sock goes missing... Yeah. Well, little Alan took me to a mystical land where all the socks that have ever gone missing live. Ankle socks standing, drinking alongside knee-length socks, 
pop socks seated with double weave angora socks, tartan socks rubbing shoulders with great big thick climbing socks, socks standing shoulder to shoulder, side by side. You see, Harry, when you lose a sock, there is a place they go, and it's wonderful, Harry, wonderful. Did you see my sock over there, Finsbury? Yes, Harry. Your sock is safe. And it asked me to tell you not to worry about it. That it is finally at peace. Tell me, Finsbury, are socks all that resides in this mystical land of which you speak? Yes, Harry. But the socks say there is another land which contains... Yes? Car keys. <laughs> Corner, written by and starring Harry Hill, with Burke Kwok, Edna Dore, Al Murray, Martin Hyder, Matt Bradstock, and our special guest, Stephen Lewis. With music by Cliff Ranger and the Cliff Ranger Singers. The producer is Joan Magnuson.